Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. According to a couple of records, the first stadium tours, meaning the tours that only went to stadiums, both of them were in 1994. The Stones and Pink Floyd. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. You know, school's back in session. You you have this thing that when I'm on break Uh from school that a butler is born. Yes. Here, go buy these things. Right. Go do the the dishes, the whole schmeal. And I don't know, I kind of like being bossed around by you. But now I'm back in school making dumb kids smart. Ooh, wait a second. Does that mean you won't be able to make spaghetti on uh, Tuesday night? I can make spaghetti on Tuesday night. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it, those are the guy foods. I can make chili. I can make pancakes. I can make spaghetti. Maybe shake and bake. Past the stovetop stuffing. Past that, I have no culinary skills. That's whatsoever. some good food, man. It good is. Food, it good is carb heavy. I was doing seven days and seventy seconds for this show, and the number one thing was August fifteenth, nineteen sixty-five. The Beatles played Shea Stadium in New York, home of the Mets at the time. So what happened was I was then looking at some other topic. In fact, I think it's tomorrow's topic. We're recording another show tomorrow, so it would be next week's topic for the listeners. The question came up, was Queen the first band to play a stadium? And what the person was asking about was their 1980s concert at Wembley Stadium. Right. At the time, it was just shocking that a four-person rock band could hold Shea Stadium, but they did. It's that famous one with Freddie Mercury in white pants and the yellow overcoat. Oh, yeah. That, that's that iconic picture of him, and he's bending over and touching the back of his head to the, to the, uh, to the stage floor. And I thought, no, obviously that's not it, because the Beatles played Shea Stadium back in 65. Yeah. And my brain went, are you sure that's the first one? Are you sure that's the first time a big rock band or musician actually actually played stadium? Real? Oh, is it? Is it? Who would be before the Beatles that would sell enough tickets to play stadium? Huh? Chuck Berry, Elvis. Elvis. Not Chuck Berry, you know? So I looked into it. The first, and anytime you say first in this world of music, you have got to wink just a little bit. The first most likely world tour was in 1957 and was promoted as Elvis Bigger Than Ever. To which people say, no, 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 Elvis never played out of the United States because of Colonel Tom Parker. Right. Ah, not so. Uh, He actually played in, ladies and gentlemen, Vancouver, British Columbia. Okay, it's not very far, I get it, but the fact still remains. And you say, 
what does this have to do with stadiums? At his stop in Vancouver, British Columbia, he played the stadium, Pacific Northwest Stadium. When he played in Detroit, he played Olympic Stadium. Whoa. When he played in Spokane, Washington, he played a stadium there. So, and when I say stadium, I'm talking 20,000 people or better. So then you get into the argument, okay, what's a stadium? Is Madison Square Garden a stadium? I don't know. Is the Superdome a stadium? Well, it sits right next to the Smoothie King Center. One holds about 18,000 people and the other one holds over 79. I think the Superdome is a stadium. I think so. Right. So when you start doing this research, the idea of what is a stadium comes up and the vast majority of people suggest that it's 20,000 or better. Uh Uh-oh. Be it enclosed or Uh not. So look, the first stadium show ever was probably Elvis. And that was August 31st, 1957. The Vancouver show at Empire Stadium. So there you have it. The problem with the show is, and by the way, the phrase Elvis has left the building did not come from this show. But the problem with the show was too many people. When the girls rushed the stage, uh-huh. they weren't prepared for that rush. That's 20,000 people. That's the that's the size of the city we live in. That's 20,000 women rushing the stage. Right. And you would think, hey, look at all the girls. No, <laughs> I don't want to be ripped apart. Get out of my way, chick. So what Elvis did was he escaped through a trap door. It was there on purpose. Wait, through the stage? Through the stage. Oh. And they had a body double rushed out to a car and in fact one time i read it he had two body doubles on one side of the stadium and on the other they rushed him into a car nice while elvis just simply sat beneath the stage waiting for the crowd to dissipate and when they did he put on a wig and a hat and he walked out got into a car and drove away Beautiful. calmly there you go. oh so my gosh we're going to talk about stadiums we're going to talk about money we're going to talk about the first stadium tour blah 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 and we'll talk about some very famous studio concerts but when you ask what was the first stadium show so many people say the beatles but arguably it was elvis now there's no audio from the elvis stadium tours there are video clips and you can find them on youtube so i got to play something from about that time there's a very famous tupelo concert which is sort of the last time he elvis could just sort of play a fair yeah and then walk home the story right. is he got on a train and the train stopped and he jumped off and said I'll, I'll walk from here That's that right. was sort of the last time he could do that so from the elvis tupelo concert this is live and from this point on we'll be playing from the actual concerts elvis on rock school Coming out of a live Elvis Presley, well, let's talk about the one most people think is the first. That would be the Beatles at Shea Stadium, probably the first really big, well-known 
rock and roll. St- and I know people are going to say, you don't think Elvis was well known? Did you even know Elvis played a stadium? No, hmm? I didn't. But I'll bet you knew the Beatles played Shea. Wait, was there was there a uh, trap door? <laughs> there was Shea not stadium? a trap door. You, you see the band walk across the field, play. You can't hear them when they play, but you then see them leave. No, Should they have just been a trap on. door, huh? The entire show was 50 minutes long, and there were a bunch of openers. Brenda Holloway, King Curtis, Sound Incorporated, The Young Rascals, and Cannibal and the Headhunters. As a sort of an off story, the the Cannibal and the Headhunters' big hit was na 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 na. I think it's Land of a Thousand Dances. Uh huh. The story goes that if you listen to the original of it, that na 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 is not in there. The joke goes that Cannibal and I can't remember the kid's name, but he lost the lyrics in his brain. So he's just doing. So that? he just went na na na, and people loved it, and it allowed them to play this two minute song for six minutes. And let people dance. And the story goes that Paul McCartney said, and I, all I can tell you is I found this on a couple websites, but it's one of my favorite stories. McCartney said, I don't know the name of the band, but get me the na, 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 na guys. And that's how they got hooked up. You know they, what? They actually opened for the Beatles on it a few was, shows. That show, the entire thing, 50 yeah. minutes, right? 50 minutes. Oh, right. my gosh. It took me longer to get dressed. <laughs> the Beatles were paid a portion of the ticket sales, $189,000. The reason we know about it is because it was captured on film. Just that. If there's no picture, it doesn't exist. Right. And there's one other little story I want to tell you about it. There was a guy there doing part of the sound called Bill Handley. Mm-hmm. He went on to do the sound for Woodstock. And apparently, I interviewed him. If you want to go to the Rock School website, which is just southeastern.edu slash rock school, look him up. Bill Handy, uh, Handley. And he talks to me about Woodstock, and one of the things he said is he looked at this concert. Now, the Beatles played Shea again. Mm, I don't think he was there, but part of me, part of my brain is like, yeah, he was there. But apparently, Hand, uh, Handley looked at this Shea Stadium and said, they don't have the speakers correct. They don't have the throw correct. They don't have all of that. Because the, at the Shea Stadium, the fans just sort of gobbled up the band. Right. When they got to Woodstock, Handley sort of laid out the schematics of it and made it so a band, a sound, can be thrown so far that a quarter million, half million people can hear it. Now, today, it doesn't matter. We have speakers that will, you know, blow your face off. Yeah. But he had to deal with what he had there. And it's all about wattage and and power amps and placement and height. And and he talks about it in our interview. But it's it's really interesting thing, and it was the Shea Stadium that he said made him redo all of the stuff. Taught for him Woodstock. a lot, right? You got it. Beatles at Shea here on Rock School. Coming out of Beatles live at Shea, let's talk about the comment that somebody made, and it was on one of the Reddit blogs. I have become a Reddit freak. Really? Now, oh yeah, I, I live in two or three of these music subreddits, and every time I search, I'll sometimes just throw Reddit at the end of it. Right. And you you get some pretty good stuff. The question was in the Reddit uh, subreddit was that was Queen the first stadium concert? No, obviously not. 
I think, I think what the person was talking about was Wembley 86. Uh, that's, that, again, that's Freddie Mercury in the white pants, the yellow jacket, band played for two shows, each to 150,000 people. The second night was recorded for the album. I'd have mm. recorded both nights. Amen. And just picked between the two of them. Now, you would think, is this the most successful live concert at Wembley since there's been a jillion of them. No, it's not even close. Here's a great piece of trivia for you. What is the most financially successful concert at Wembley Stadium making $127 million? Whoa. Any idea? How much money? $127 million. I'll bet somebody out there is going, it's this right off it's the bat. It's the Beatles again. No, it's not. It's Live Aid. Live Aid. One person in 2008 during the Sticky and Sweet tour sold out audiences of 74,000 in her multiple concerts. And one of the concert holds to this day the single concert at Wembley amount of money that wasn't a fundraiser. Is that Madonna? It is. Good Sticky for you. Sticky and Sweet. Yep. $12 million. Uh, a band called Take That played a record-breaking eight Nights at Wembley in the summer of 2011 oh. on their Progress Live tour. Oh. It is still the fastest and biggest selling tour in UK history. Wow. Name a song by Take That. I have no idea. I know. I thought the same thing. So from the Queen 86 concert, Freddie Mercury and the guys here in Roxbury. to the first break, let's talk about the idea of playing a stadium. If it seems to you like those who can sell it out are playing more stadiums these days, it's because it is. It's happening. And you say, but it's a stadium. Yes, but believe it or not, it makes financial sense. So what does all this cost? A concert promoter named Jay Love stated a mid-size arena, say 18000 that would be the Smoothie King Center here in, in Louisiana, cost around $1.5 million for the night. A major would earn about a million dollars for a 60-minute set, and a lot of it could be offset by sponsorships, but basically that's about it. That sounded to me to be a losing money proposition did it Why? not to you Why? he's making a million you paid 1.5 million you earn roughly a million uh, see what i'm getting at okay and, which is why there's a lot of sponsorship that goes with it however a guy named dan runcy at trapital.com that covers music and all this kind of stuff states that artists can sell out a stadium that artists who can sell out a stadium are doing it because number one it's a cost savings over a smaller venue and second it isn't as rigorous on your person so here's the deal Think the Smoothie King Center, again, 18000 it's seventeen seven ninety one, as opposed to the Superdome, 74295 but they've had seventy nine in there 
easily. Right, right. If the last number that I found is correct to rent the Superdome for a night is $700,000. Okay. Now, it may be more than that now, but that's the last one I saw. A band, dig this, rented Madison Square Garden, it's 20,000 people, for three nights at 400000 per night. So that's $1.2 million for the three nights, mm-hmm. correct? Right, right. Okay. But there's additional costs. It's three nights of crew, three nights of promoters, three nights of food, three nights of parking, three nights. So take everything for a concert and triple it because you're doing three nights. However, if you rent MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, that's 82,000 people. It's $1.2 million. So for the same amount of money that you could rent Madison Square Garden for three nights, right. you can have MetLife Stadium for one night. One and done. If you do three shows at Madison Square Garden, you're playing to about 60,000 people. You do one night at MetLife Stadium, you're playing to 82,000 people, which means an entire fourth night of ticket sales for free. But you have to be able to sell it out. No venue is just going to go, oh, well, you didn't sell tickets. Eh, what are you going to do? You know who Logan Paul is? He's a YouTube guy. He wants to be a boxer now. Uh He was supposed to fight, uh, I think it's Haseem Rockman's son. And they canceled it. What they did is they blamed Rachman. He couldn't make weight or something like that. But what most people in the business think is they didn't sell enough tickets. Oh. It would have been a hellaciously losing proposition. Oh, my. And it was better to eat the deposit than to attempt to, you know, do all of that kind of stuff. I'll give you one more thing here. The last Beyonce tour mm-hmm. called the Formation World Tour. Right. It earned $256 million from 49 shows, okay? It's because she played stadiums. Had she done it in arenas, mm-hmm. 20,000, right? she would have had to have performed, instead of 49 shows, 254 shows. See how Ouch. it's easier on your body? Ouch. Oh, yes. She would have had to have done 254 shows and sell them out to equal the money. Now, Beyonce probably would have sold them out, but what is the difference on your body and your voice between 49 shows... And 254 and shows. And she's a mama. That's right. Some Well, look, you know, believe me, if I could afford it, take these children over there, feed them, give them chicken <laughs> nuggets. Uh, so I'm sure she can do that. But that's the monetary side of it. To, to say, I don't know how somebody, you know, makes money doing a concert at a stadium. Well, that's it. That's it. There's a cost savings, and then there's the savings to your body and your person. But you got to be that person who can sell out stadiums. But then why yeah. go to Europe or why go to um, any other place? I don't know, but I'm going to guess if you're big enough to sell out stadiums here, you can sell them out there. And furthermore, I have to believe that sponsorship deals with a lot of that. So it, it's taken out. And there's different sponsors over there in Europe. Who's listening to us? KSRQ, the River Falls, Minnesota. Beautiful. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Out of 
of the break. Did you know Frank Sinatra played a stadium? No, I did not. He did. I have some audio, but it's it's really bad. In 1980, Frank Sinatra played the Macarena Stadium in front of 175,000 people. Concert was in Rio, which was amazing at the time, and it's still remembered uh, as one of Frank Sinatra's best concerts. It's also remembered as the time Frank was attacked by a fan on stage. Really? Now, this is radio and podcast. You want to see a piece of a piece of video yes you can see a good bit of the concert it's all chopped up but simply look for frank sinatra macarena stadium and the fact that frank was attacked by a fan oh i mean put all that in it'll show up in youtube and you think to yourself 1980 frank was an older man he was but this idiot came up and hugged frank you should have seen how far frank sinatra himself launched this guy. Oh, it was a guy. Oh, it was a guy. He put his hands on that guy's chest and out to, he never dropped his mic, which haunts me. <laughs> but just, whoa, man, this guy went backwards. I can't tell you. And I'm thinking to myself, this is Frank. You haven't even gotten to the connected people yet. Ooh, it's uh, all I, about the show, Joey. I, it's I, all about the show. I think that guy limped home. And the one we're going to play, October 25th, 26, 1975, Elton John at Dodger Stadium. Why would I remember that, Joe? I know you've seen the picture. Uh-huh. Bob Mackie made a Dodger baseball uniform yes. out of sparkles and bedazzle. And there's an intensely famous picture of him, Elton John, leaning on his piano and looking out at the crowd. Right. It's beautiful. Uh, Louis, uh, Emmy Lou Harris was an opening act, so was Joe Walsh. Billie Jean King joined him on stage for Philadelphia Freedom, which is written after her uh, tennis club, the Philadelphia Freedoms. Right. And then lyricist Bernie Taupin joined him for Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. You would think there would be better audio of this show. Yeah. I have as good an audio as I can get, and I even cleaned it up. John, question for you. What was the largest stadium show ever? The problem is, I don't think it was at a stadium. There's two of them that have topped three million people. Really? However, they both took place on Copacabana Beach. Does that count? Sure, why not? So you think a beach is a stadium? Yeah, why not? John Michael Jarre and Rod Stewart both played to three million people. And you say to yourself, that's impossible. That's yeah? impossible. Yeah? Go to the Google and look it up. If it ain't three million, let's say it's half. It's 1.5 million. Are you Still insane? enough, right? Are you insane? Ugh. Give me a break. Here, let's do seven days in 70 seconds. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Here be those dates, August 15th all the way through August 21. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. August 15, 1965, the Beatles play Shea Stadium in New York, home of the Mets, making the first time a rock band headlines a stadium in America. August 16th, 1977, the King is dead. Elvis Presley dies at Graceland of Poly Farm. 
and that leads to the Widowmaker heart attack. And by the way, Aretha Franklin dies on the same date in 2018. August 17, 1991, Nirvana releases the Spells Like Teen Spirit video to MTV. August 18, 1969, Hendrix closes out Woodstock with Hey Joe. August 19, 1988, Hound Dog by Elvis is named the most played song during the jukebox era. August 20th, 1977, the Voyager 2 is launched with a gold record holding a sample of Earth's music. The, the week that it left, Saturday Night Live was on, and Dan Aykroyd played an astrologist, something like that, astronomist, who uh, uh, came on and said, we have received a message from space. It says, send more Chuck Berry. August 21, 19, pardon me, 2017, during an unprecedented solar eclipse, Bonnie Tyler performs Total Eclipse of the Heart aboard a cruise that's whole purpose was to motor forward and stay into the eclipse path. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. According to a couple of records, the first stadium tours, meaning the tours that only went to stadiums. Both of them were in 1994, the Stones and Pink Floyd. The larger of the two in terms of money, 121 million and 103 million respectively, meaning Floyd got 121, Stones 103. Stadiums are anything with 20,000 seat capacity or better. That's the way they denoted a stadium tour. Yeah. What was, now I know we've screamed and yelled about this 3 million people, but what was the largest number of people inside of a physical stadium to see a concert? With a roof? Well, this one did not have a roof. But no it was roof a, on the house, It huh? was a stadium, like oh. Brown's Stadium. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. The Voodoo Lounge Tour in 1995 completed. However, the Stones went over to the Czech Republic, namely the capital city, Prague, and played Strahov Stadium, S-T-R-A-H-O-V, Strahov Stadium. And if the count is correct, 126,000 people, more than the thing had seats for. Wow. And they played. So if you're looking for a record, that's probably it. Nice. Stones on Rock School. Into the second break. Now, again, it depends if you consider this a stadium or not. I don't. The largest number of people to assemble for a single show mm-hmm. in the United States was what they call Live 8. It was another one of those fundraiser deals. It happened in multiple points. Some people call it Live Aid 2. At the Philadelphia Museum of Art, blatantly in Philadelphia, they believe, and I say, all I can do is overhead shots, and then how many people per square yard, and and then do the mathematicals. But back in 2005, supposedly 1.5 million 
people really? showed up. My gosh. You asked this earlier on. Mm-hmm. What is the largest stadium and have they had concerts? Well, here they are. The largest stadium in the world. And I know what you're going to say. Wait a minute, Joe. You said that the Stones played to 126 in Prague. They did. Not everyone had a seat. So when you're talking about seats, this is this is the situation. The Rungrando 1st of May Stadium in Pyongyang, North Korea, holds 114,000 people. Right. That's its seating capacity. There are no official concerts. However, every May 1st, thus the name of the stadium, mm-hmm. they have the children singing groups and you are expected by the great leader to get your butt to that stadium, sit down and clap loudly. It's a pilgrimage, huh? It certainly is. The number two biggest one, Melbourne Cricket Grounds, a sports stadium in Australia. Capacity of 100,024 seats. It's the 24 that gets me. Why? By the way, the first musician to grace the stage. Ready yeah. for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Cassidy back in 1974. <laughs> Yay. Uh, the number three largest stadium in the world, Camp New. Now, it's N-O-U. It could be now, but I'm going to go with New because it's in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to apply... Spanish pronunciation standard to it because I I so know Spanish. Yeah. Obviously a soccer stadium. If you're interested, the very first concert there, Bruce Springsteen, 1988. Uh, Then Michael Jackson, then Sting. The number four largest stadium in the world, First National Bank Stadium, or simply FMB. It's in Johannesburg, South Africa, seating capacity of 94,736. It is known as Soccer City. The first person to play, George Strait. What? George Strait. See, what? you may have heard of the song Ain't Gonna Play Sun City mm-hmm. by Little Steven. Mm-hmm. There was a problem. I don't know the, the years on this thing, but there was a time that if you were a musician, you weren't supposed to play Sun City, which was a resort in South Africa. Right. Why? Apartheid. It may be that George Strait walked into an apartheid thing, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's all I'm thinking. And finally, number five, Wembley Stadium. Capacity of 90,000 people. I mean, it's it's hosted the FIFA Cup and all of that. We've already spoken about Wembley, and uh, there you go. Them's the largest concert venue stadiums in the world, You think the and Queen has a great seat there? Oh, I think so. You do? I think so. I think she also has her own popcorn machine. Really? She loves popcorn. I don't know if that's true. Who's listening to us? That would be WHFC Harford Community Radio. Love it. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, uh, let's do a couple real quick because songs are long and we're running out of time. Billy Joel has played both Yankee and Shea Stadium. The Yankee Stadium concert, uh, from what I read, is going to be re-edited and re-released just in time for Christmas so you fans of Billy Joel can get it. But it's the last play at Shea. 
He was chosen as the last act to play at Shea Stadium before they knocked it down. It was uh, 2008, the 16th and 18th of July. 110,000 fans every night. Tony Bennett, Garth Brooks, Sir Paul McCartney, obviously because the Beatles played there back in 1965. But that's not all Billy Joel has done. He sold out Madison Square Garden 13 consecutive monthly performances. Right. 183 shows, 454.9 million at the box office. Oh. That's insane. Are are there that many people that want to go see a Billy Joel concert? You know, the guy, Brad, that we want. We've seen Billy Joel. Yes. The guy did radio with Brad. Right. Would have gone to every single one of those 183 shows. Really? Oh, yeah. Billy Joel is his Grateful Dead. Yes. How about that for a metaphor? It's Billy Joel here on Rock School. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. You got the little girl, stop much too late. I'm too late. Comes down the fate. Might as well be the one. Okay, last break, and we got to do it quickly. You said very few people can fill these stadiums. Right. Right. I, I mean, obviously, the classic rock artists we're talking about, but Beyonce mm-hmm. and, and Jay-Z, obviously. I'll bet Drake could fill a stadium. Bruno Mars, I'll bet, could fill a stadium. I'm just doing these off the top of my head. Right. There are bands that I absolutely adore, like, say, the Black Keys. Could the Black Keys fill a stadium? No. I don't know whether they no, could or not. No, I don't think so. I don't know. You have to have such broad appeal, and for younger people who are willing to go out and do such. I'll do one more of these stadium concerts for you. We'll get out of here. Uh, in 10-9-09, October 9-09, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band play the last concert at the original Giants Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Aww. It would then do one of those boom, 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 collapse, clap, clap, clap. Ooh. MetLife Stadium would be opening up next door. Uh, Springsteen's first show at the fabled venue was 1985 and had played 24 times through 2009, this being the 24th, and I've got a little bit of music from that last concert at uh, Giant Stadium, and that will wrap us up. I'm Joe Burns. I am Tammy Burns. That's it. Class is dismissed. One time.